You are listening to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda. Welcome to Let's Be Honest. This is your host, Just Jonda, and boy, has it been a week. Of course, if you've been on the channel, you see that I have been appearing on the Tisa Tell Show to discuss the Tasha K and Cardi B defamation case. It's the case where Cardi B is essentially suing um, rising superstar on YouTube, Tasha K. She has about a million viewers for defamation, intentional infliction of emotional distress. So she's suing her under, under slander and libel uh, statutes. Uh, they are in federal court in the Northern District of Georgia. And it is expected, today is Sunday, January 23rd. It is expected that the case will be going to the jury on Monday, January 24th. So I will be posting another episode about that. Uh, I did days one through six. And there's another episode where we talked about some really crazy stuff that went on on day seven with Tasha Kay just repeatedly perjuring herself just very very strange um still making accusations even from the stand one being that cardi b worshiped the devil so it it the hits just keep on coming in that case certainly for those of us who are talking about it and so um at any rate i will be posting the that episode as well and i anticipate going on the air tomorrow once the jury receives his charge to talk about uh, where the case stands. I honestly don't think that the jury is going to deliberate very long on this in terms of whether or not they find that Tasha K did, uh, th- th- whether or not they find that Tasha K did indeed uh, commit acts of slander and or libel uh, against Cardi B and and potentially even the case of intentional infliction of emotional distress, which a lot of people uh, are forgetting about in the midst of getting into these conversations about slander and libel, and and understandably so because the charge is so very much wrapped up in what she said and the veracity of what she said and how often she said it and of course uh their effect if any on cardi b so uh interestingly enough even though the trial went on for so far eight days and tomorrow will be going into the ninth if they were not starting so late in the day and having so many disruptions this wouldn't have been a very long trial at all. Uh, the plaintiff, Cardi B, uh, only put on four witnesses. They called Tasha K, Tasha K's husband, um, 
Cardi B herself and Cardi B's therapist. And for Tasha K's side of the case, the only person that her but that her team put on the stand was her. Um, I do, they did not recall her husband or call her husband as a defense witness. I'm not entirely sure they will because of the fact that, um, when he was on the stand, he said that she lied about some things. When she was on the stand, she said that he lied or misspoke about some things. So it just doesn't seem that, uh, he would be a very good witness for her because it's uh, uh cardi b's team did not put on any evidence regarding damages i am going to assume <clears throat> that this trial has is bifurcated in uh and what that means is that they deal with the question before the court first and then they do a separate hearing regarding damages. So for instance, the best way to explain it is the way that we do criminal cases here in Virginia, which is where I practiced, continue to practice actually criminal law for uh, 20 plus years along with other areas. But in, in our criminal cases in particular, we have bifurcated trials and, and we do it in civil as well. But anyway, we deal with the guilt or innocence, uh, the guilt or innocence phase first, or guilty or not guilty phase, because, you know, you'd be not guilty, but not quite innocent. So we deal with that first. So the only, only question that the jury is taking into that room, or even if it's the trier of fact, if it's before a judge, the only question you're dealing with in that initial evidence phase is, did the person do it or not? You don't want the jury or the trier uh, or the judge, if trying it by bench, to even think about penalties when they are deciding whether or not a person did it. It could potentially impact their decision. So we don't want them thinking about that. They go now, of course, from the defense standpoint. I don't know. There's a good argument that maybe I do. Maybe I want a jury to be concerned that if they find my client guilty of something just because they technically did it, although it really wasn't that bad, that they think about the consequences that my client could be facing. But precisely because of what I just said, they deal with those issues separately. So once they come in, if they find the person not guilty, then uh, hearing's done, everybody goes home. But if they find the person guilty, then we put on additional evidence dealing specifically with the sentence. The prosecution makes an argument or uh, presents evidence as to why they think the uh, the person should be sentenced to whatever, let's say they think the person should be sentenced to 10 years. And of course, in the inverse, I put on uh, evidence stating why the person shouldn't get 10 years, five years, any years. So that is a more simple example of bifurcation, because in this particular instance, you're dealing with damages. So there's 
money damages or any other type of civil penalties that the judge uh, may have at their disposal. So I suspect that that may be how this is being um, handled because there have been other colleagues of mine who drew particular attention to the fact that Cardi B's attorneys did not um, put on any evidence as it relates to as it relates to um, damages and how she was actually damaged. They just talked about the fact that these things allegedly happened. Uh, of course, Cardi B side saying they did happen and uh, that Tasha K did say these things and that they amount to the level of malice that needs to be uh, in play for um, for the jury to find that this was slander or libel, especially given that Cardi B is a public figure and she is an all around public figure for all purposes, not just limited to one little thing. So anywho, you're going to hear more about that more in depth in our episodes that will specifically deal with that. I have one more that's already been recorded, as I said. And then, of course, as we go through tomorrow's closing arguments and into deliberation, we'll talk more about that after we get some sense of the scene in the courtroom and how both sides ultimately wrapped up their cases, the charge to the jury, and depending on how quickly those administrative matters are wrapped up and the case is put in the hands of the jury to finally deliberate on it, who knows? We could possibly even have some verdicts come in. So it'll it'll, uh, obviously depend on how quickly they wrap up the administrative uh, matters on the front end. But if they can get it managed if they can manage to get it wrapped up and get the case in the hands of the jury by, let's say, after lunch, I can't say that I'd be surprised if they if the jury only deliberated a few hours. I mean, there are some complicated issues in terms of the elements that they have to look at. But in following the trial, for those of you who have, unfortunately, the defense didn't make it terribly complicated or difficult for the jury to dislike their client and to find her behavior both before and during this trial to be distasteful. And if that is the flavor that they got of Tasha Kay and that feeling enters that jury room with them, these matters that are quite nuanced may not really, those nuances may not matter because there could be a point where the jury finds you so distasteful, they are more than happy to find against you no matter what hoops they got to jump through and how many different ways they have to twist themselves in pretzels to do it, especially given that the standard is a bit more subjective because it really does boil down to whether or not those individuals think that this person 
acted with malice based on the sum total of what they said, how they said it, how often they said it, etc. That's not very uh that's not a very objective black and white who done it kind of standard. So um so again, it'll be uh very interesting. Next, because we've spent a little bit more time on that, but just kind of giving you where we're going. So let's get into the Bravo gossip for this week. I'm going to get the the good story. You know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save the happy story or, or the interesting story that's not so like ugh, to the end so that we can end on a higher note. This has been a not so great week for the Bravo housewives, especially the housewives of Salt Lake City. Now, as you all faithful Just Jonda listeners know, that is actually the one show in the franchise that we do on this show. I don't do a full-blown Housewives Bravo rundown. In fact, there's only been a couple of reality shows that we have talked about on this channel in terms of attempting to do uh, reviews consistently on them. And the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is the only one from the Bravo universe that we do. Well, it's been very disappointing uh, as it relates to the Bravo universe we know that we we've talked many times about the Jen Shaw stuff. Believe it or not, there's a Jen involved, but not Jen Shaw. We'll have lots more Jen Shaw conversation coming up no matter what happens to the show because of course, if you're a listener of mine, we're totally invested in the federal criminal charges against her no matter what happens with this show. So the person that we're going to talk about, actually two of them, are two people who uh, have been sort of hot button people as it relates to um, prejudice, prejudice in general throughout this season, but it's going to be a little flipped. So I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. Jenny Nguyen is the the newest of the housewives. So for those of you who watch, you know she's the newest on a relatively new franchise. They were um the entire cast was there for season 1. She's season 2 newbie. Started out my understanding as a friend of the show and as things went on they upgraded her to full time. And she is of Vietnamese descent. Now we have seen throughout the season where that has come into play first with just her generally sharing her culture which is always great especially on networks like Bravo which even though you may have shows like The Real Housewives of Atlanta it the shows are still typically all white or all non-white there there does there's not a whole lot of mixing and with the housewives in particular when they do have that it, we've seen on three franchises in a row uh Dallas most recently the New York season when they added Ebony K Williams and now with the stuff I'm about to talk about it doesn't seem to go well which quite frankly, isn't really much different than the United States at large. Not entirely sure why people act so shocked by it, but I digress. 
at any rate, throughout the season, our dances, uh, for want of a better way of putting it, with the notion of prejudice has really actually had Jenny uh, Jenny Nguyen on the receiving end of it, particularly with castmate Mary, Cros- Mary Cosby, who is the subject of our next story after this, uh, with Mary Cosby having made comments about uh, the slant of Jenny's eyes, uh, her pretty much doubling down on it and doing a bit of an Asian accent, if you will, um, sort of in a mocking way. And Jenny calling her out on it, Mary being called out on social media. But there's also been a little pushback as well because there are uh, some fans, particularly uh, black fans, who feel like Jen has Jenny. I'm sorry, because there's a Jenny. When we talk about Jen Shaw, I'm just going to call her Jen Shaw. So when we're talking about Jenny, when I say Jenny, we're talking about Jenny Wynn. So there are some, and you've heard Melissa and I debate about it even on our uh, recaps, or Missy and I, I'm sorry, on our recaps. We have debated about it as well because she's one of the people who feel like Jenny, uh, when it comes to Mary, has also had her own microaggressions. One, that she seems to, in their opinion, go harder on Mary in terms of just the tone that she takes with her um, and sort of uh, picking fights with her, if you will. Like if something goes down with Mary, she's like, ah, whereas with the other women, a little bit more reserved in her criticism or in her way of arguing with them. And the other is that she uh, allegedly uses what is commonly known as a black scent when dealing with Mary, which for those who don't know what that is, it's sort of like adopting a a slang or uh just mannerisms or ways of speaking that are traditionally associated with black people or in this case black women when she is dealing with Mary in particular and in fact because it has been mentioned so many times with fans it's my understanding that even as recently as a week ago when she was on watch what happens live uh, or maybe that was two weeks ago, Andy even brought it up. She, you know, of course, was like, what are you, what are you talking about and, and what have you. And I will say this. Um, she has mentioned on the show, uh, in fact, even in last week's episode, I believe that was maybe episode 17, I think. Uh, yes, 17. She even mentioned, without Mary around, this was when they were all on that dastardly party bus again and Jen and Lisa got into a yelling somewhat shoving match she mentioned that Jenny mentioned that she was from Long Beach and they'd better leave her out of it because she certainly knew how to take off her earrings and braid her hair if she needed to you know if she needed to scrap There was nobody black around when she said that. In fact, she said it in her confessional. 
that being the case, it lends me to think that even if it what she says or does is perceived as her having a black scent or adopting sort of the lingo or the mannerisms, if she mentioned that the minute that she saw individuals fighting, even with no black person around, that may just be the persona she adopts when she is in a fight. Now, the question is whether or not, of course, that other people will raise, is whether or not she behaves the same way if she were in a fight with one of her white cast members. And based on some things that happened later in the episode, it doesn't appear that she did. I'm not going to spend too much time going down that rabbit hole because the reality of it is, is that that is not the... Yes, those are certainly uh, targeted microaggressions, but it's not the subject of the story that we have. We are going to circle back to that a little bit because there are some disturbing elements of this that do relate to Mary that I would ask people to be very cautious about. So, And I'm going to put those under the umbrella of prejudice is prejudice and offensive remarks or statements or being ignorant to uh, things that in 2022 any of us would say you shouldn't be. Or if someone tells you it offends them, then you just accept that and keep it moving. That is a bright line no matter who you're dealing with and who the castmate is. And that line doesn't move just because you find out something about another person. So that's a bright line that I'm going to draw. And there's a reason for that, that I'm going to come to that later. But I just want you to keep that in mind as I go through the rest of the story. Earlier this week, because this has been something that has just been, that has somewhat, somewhat been dragging on, I would say, Probably as early as Wednesday, there was a release where, you know, as we know, the Internet remains undefeated all the time. Someone unearthed a Facebook post, and we're not talking about five years ago, 10 years ago, some of those things where it is where people some people, because it, it hasn't worked out well for others, but at least some people in certain settings, whether it's racism, sexism, homophobia, have been able to do the apology tour. And that was me at 17. That was me at 25. I've grown. I've learned. I've gone to all the right meetings and got invited to at least drive by the cookout, even if I wasn't invited to it. So... No, these are posts from 2020 and most notably a very um, volatile time in 2020 because it was the summer of 2020 uh, during the time of when the Black Lives Matter movement really was really front and center due to the murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. So unless you've been living under a rock, the summer of 2020, it uh, pandemic was big, but 
racism took a picture, uh, took a position once again that managed to eat to be even bigger than a global pandemic, so much so that the United States was being shamed from all corners of the world with demonstrations in solidarity with uh, black people in this country. Well, without going further into a history lesson that of history that was literally 10 minutes ago, as we know, there were also some individuals, especially in light of the fact that we also had Donald Trump as a president at the time, that made their opposition known on the other side of it. Uh, largely on the internet, of course. I mean, we had a few notable incidents, your Kyle Rittenhouse situation being an outgrowth of that, of counter, um, of counter protests, of course. And there's always Fox News. <laughs> and so we know that the undercurrent of racism that had been having nothing to do with those specific incidents, but just the undercurrent in the in the country in general had been given life and breath again, especially since the election of 2016, and 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 I dare say before, um, but even more so because of the boldness and the voraciousness of it. So that became its own socio-political movement in counter to the Black Lives Matter movement. And there were the memes in the post to go along with it. And I say sociopolitical because I do think that uh, there is an element of argument to be made when you put when I put my attorney hat on and certainly looking at it from the perspective that um, Jenny's uh, in um, Jenny's um, employers and her attorneys are likely to make, depending on how Bravo acts with this, especially given some of the firings that occurred prior, specifically with the um, several members of the Vanderpump Rules cast. At any rate, Jenny's posts were the typical type that we saw from a lot of people who were counter, but I mean, they, they were tough ones. I mean, they were bad ones. They were the ones where they went on and um, the types of posts you saw everywhere, um, uh, whether it was Twitter or Instagram, mostly Twitter, of course, um, posts about, uh, you know, of course there was the Blue Lives Matter and the All Lives Matter, but the ones that went a, a bit deeper that's called the protesters criminals and animals and that uh, the protesters were the problem. The ones where you have individ uh, posts about if you complied, then you wouldn't have to worry about getting shot. There, that, there was one there. There was one that was particularly um, ugly. And that one seems to be more of a, more pointed towards like a critical, critical race theory type um, counter, because we know we've had a lot of that going on, where there was a picture of a little white girl looking like a little cherub, and that one, and, and underneath the little girl, it said, blaming this little girl for 
racism and then under or blaming this little girl for slavery and then underneath a little Asian girl that was of like age and, and cuteness and it said is like blaming this little girl for Pearl, for Pearl Harbor. Now again, we know that those are false equivalencies as it relates to Pearl Harbor versus slavery, but um, we never said that uh, prejudice of any kind was smart, right? So we're not looking for rocket scientists to do this. So there was lots of posts. Um, all of them, for the most part, appear to be, you know, things from other people, reposts and all of that. But the bottom line is it was her page, which she claims it was deactivated when it turns out it actually wasn't deactivated until that day when it was discovered. Now, she probably hadn't been using it in a while because, um, you know, Real Housewives fans are largely on Instagram and Twitter. So maybe it just wasn't important to her. But before she was on this show and probably it, it, when she was going through the interview and audition process for it, well, it was 2020. And apparently she was just memeing and posting away because we know that this show was taped from January 2021 through May, early June of 2021. So again, she would have been going through the process at the very least of trying to get on the show uh, in the mid to latter part of 2020, just based on what we know about how these things work. So there were lots of them. Again, I don't want to inflame or trigger anyone by going deeper into it. The vitriol, anger, hurt, upset was immediate across the board um, from Every blogger, um, news outlets that covered it, any of them that did opinion type pieces as opposed to just straight news. I mean, so it, there's no question. Uh, full condemnation across the board. Uh, initially, we did not hear from her co-stars when people tried to reach out to them. It became apparent based on what it, I think the first one that kind of clued us in uh, was Meredith Marks because she just posted one word, vile, which quite frankly, I don't think anybody is, to be clear, because I've said this before, I don't think anybody is under any obligation to tell us anything about the way that they feel. I could, if I'm one of her coworkers, I could be home privately hurt talking to my husband, my friends, my you know, my immediate circle and perhaps even call her on the phone and be like, hey, what's up with this? You know that I am a person of color. I have children, you know, or whatever. Or even if I'm one of her white castmates and I call her and let her know, I'm under no obligation to any of you. And I don't think that her castmates are under any obligation to any of you to come out and make a statement. Because the reality of it is that these individuals live in Utah. Do you really think that there are not other, even if they weren't actively anti-Black Lives Matter, do you really think that of that entire cast of seven that she is the only Trump supporter? They are in Utah and they're Mormon. Well, some of them are Mormon. The other ones are just 
you know, rich or trying to be. Give me a break. So my expectation from them, nil. Absolutely nil. After all, these are individuals who signed up for a housewife show. So I never give any of them, uh, you know, a, a, the key to the brain trust. And that, that just is what it is. And you don't have to like it and they don't have to like it. But you did sign up for this nonsense. So I'm not expecting much. When I see you on my television doing what you do and picking fights with each other and whatever, that's what I expect. Calling out each other online for your views on a large movement and how, yeah, that's not what I'm looking for. And I'm not saying that they they shouldn't. I certainly wouldn't say that I don't expect that they don't have, that they have opinions on those things. I'm saying that they owe us nothing in having opinions on those things you keep it to yourself and meredith marks coming out and saying vile if that's the one word she wanted to post that's fine all the people who went up under her post it was like that's all you have to say and what about and what about and what about she owes you nothing on the same day that that came out she said vile what the hell did you think she was talking about why does she have to write a political treatise she said vile that tells you what she what she meant but okay, because I just, I find that whole thing generally annoying when people just have these expectations of people. It's, it, I mean, you all know I'm not like all about, oh, Meredith, whatever. No, I, I could care less about, you know, her feathered outfits or any of that stuff. But I do respect people's rights to deal with situations however they deem appropriate. She said vile. She wanted her fans to know where she stood because, again, even though I think they have a right to to say nothing, I also know that realistically that's not the way this game is played. And th- this game that they're in depends on people liking them. They're not on this show for any independent talent they have. They're not actors and actresses or whatever. They're on a reality show. And they aren't even like at the top tier of reality. They are on, they are within the realm of the top tier because the housewives is considered the top of the heap in terms of reality. But among the housewives, of course, they're at the bottom because they're the new girls and their show viewership never has been and, and perhaps absent these huge scandals never will be what, um, the housewives franchise franchises have typically brought in and that's really not about them that's about the fact that the entire housewives model is over 15 years old so people are um over it and aging out of it especially since it's the same crap over and over just with a different rotating group of facelifts so Meredith Marks, in response to several people and at that point we still hadn't heard anything from Jenny yet um a, a rotating group of people saying, uh, you know, what? well, that's all. She said, some, I can't remember precisely, but the bottom line is she said something, once again, very general, very generic, alluding to the fact that she couldn't. So, of course, the blogs went crazy talking about Bravo is putting a gag order on people. They're not letting them talk or whatever, whatever. Bravo's trying to figure out what it is that they're going to do. So, of course, 
they probably don't want this person's castmates who, and mind you, they uh, were scheduled to start filming right away. I think they may have. Um, and if not, they were, because as of their taping of their reunion a few weeks ago, they were slated to start filming within three weeks of that. So if they haven't started filming, they were, they're literally days from getting ready to start filming. So there's a lot of moving parts with this. And, and I'm going to come back to Bravo in a second in terms of why I think that there has been more of a delay than a lot of people are comfortable with and the heartburn that goes along with that for, you know, I don't really care about Jenny's heartburn, but for the, for the network and her castmates. Um, initially Whitney Rose didn't say anything. Heather didn't. Subsequently, you know, very generic statements just saying, you know, Whitney gave a general statement just about being against racism, prejudice, anything of any form, all of that. Okay, fine. I'm letting you know where I stand. I'm just not going all the way in. Jen Shaw did come out with a statement shortly after Jenny Wynn did finally make a statement um, kind of an apology-ish statement. Um, yes, I, I'm still not quite owning it, but you know what? If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I mean, I it, it's how she felt in 2020. It, it, I can't imagine much has changed. So, Again, so Jen Shaw comes out with a more expansive statement. And of course, in typical Jen fashion, they had to add a little making it about her and she's a mother and she has black children and blah, 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 blah. But she actually was very direct as well. And um, unlike everybody else and flat out calling Jenny out and saying that her apology was unacceptable, which of course set out a flurry of other rumors and posts really more so on the vlogosphere talking about you know jenny jen um jen shaw's job it's going to be in danger because she went against the network and blah 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 okay just to put that whole job thing to rest if there is any one person on this cast who has job security it is jen shaw if it be, the entire upcoming season again but for this dropping into their laps and that's only if as they move forward with filming they bring Jenny back even from a limited capacity and address it the season was going to be built around her that was the whole reason why the show was greenlit for season three before season two even started and it was made clear that they would begin filming damn near barely when the current season which is still going on ended why because they want to be filming during the time frame that jen is um on the brink of and ultimately does go on trial again all of that makes sense she's scheduled for trial in march or april and even if a the trial gets postponed again uh, best case scenario for her, of course, or B, she takes some kind of plea. Bravo still wants to be there because there would still be the preparation, not that we would see that, but just 
sort of what she's going through and her family and all of that as we get closer to that date. So absent setting the offices on fire um, and, you know, maybe taking somebody out, (laughs) Jen Shaw is the one person with instant job security from season for season three and if they get renewed for season four and somehow she manages to either not be in jail or her case is continued for another six months then she's got job security for that one too so let's be clear on what's going on and she knows that her contract is signed all of their contracts are signed nobody is going anywhere without an actionable reason for it something that is actually in their contract not something that they did like do a social media post um condemning the words and deeds or um and other social media posts of a castmate now as you can imagine there's many calls for jenny Wynn to be fired from nearly everybody. There are a lot of people who were reviewing this show, especially reviewers of color, who, because I watch, obviously, support fellow reviewers, uh, whether they're on YouTube or podcasts, um, a lot of them, just like the rest of the world, even on there, sometimes review, even who reviews what can be very segregated. You have a lot of, um, black reviewers who don't always uh, review the White Housewives shows, except for a couple, like some of the OGs of of the um, Housewives universe, like maybe Beverly Hills, but jumped on to start reviewing Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because, you know, it was new. Let's see what this little show is going to do. And of course, because before the show started, we heard about Mary Cosby and all of that, and then you had the big splash Jen Shaw made within the first ep- uh, first couple of episodes. They've gotten some reviewers that they typically don't get, and even some of them are like, "We're not going to review the show anymore." Some aren't going to review the show anymore. Period, um, uh, because understandably they are saying, and I do believe that there's no way that Bravo or some executive somewhere didn't know about this. This is her Facebook page. This is basic stuff that anybody would look at. And if she hadn't scrubbed it and it was out there for some random fan to find, why would Bravo not already on some level know? Same thing with Mary Cosby, quite frankly, and and, and the nutty stuff with, with her and her family, but we already, we know that they know because several of her family members, even as recently as this week said that even though they may not have been contacted prior to first season, they were definitely uh, contacted uh, prior to the second season and even offered opportunities to come on the show. But we'll get to that in a moment. So there's been a lot of calls for Jenny Wynn to 
be fired and a lot of anger at Bravo for why they haven't moved quicker again, especially in light of some of the things that have gone on with Vanderpump Rules. And also just in people taking note of several problematic uh, uh, situations that keep occurring with the housewives in particular. Uh, uh, Looking at Dallas, and the issues that occurred on there, where even after getting rid of one castmate, there was still another castmate that was uh, kept on, despite some um, some release of some very nasty, um, just really ignorant uh, Asian. Um, stereotyping going on in her personal life and then to take it further how that woman felt that she was treated on the show so that was Real Housewives of Dallas we also have the obvious microaggressions that plagued have plagued the Beverly Hills cast since the introduction of Garcelle Bouveau on that show and certainly the stuff that has gone on in the New York uh in the New York piece and then of course you have an actual cast member on there who has repeatedly been called out by the fans for things that she has said and done right there on the show and has not been fired and now this with um and and of course the Atlanta girls even talked about just issues with the way that uh they feel that uh Kim Zolciak is treated a certain way uh by the network versus them and Mimi Leaks uh calling out the network for certain actions that she feels that they took that were contrary to the Black Housewives and to her in particular in terms of opportunities that she feels that she did not receive in relation to her white counterparts despite being the undisputed star of the network on the top show of the network, not just of the housewives, but of what they have, which is why they had they she was commanding the, the mega salary that she was until things started to fall apart. So the history there is not great and people are very upset about it and why Bravo has not made an actual full-on statement. Now Lisa Barlow who is also in the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City has alluded to the fact that there will be a statement made and that it will be on air. Many suspect that it will probably be on Watch What Happens Live uh, Sunday night. I'm actually recording on a Sunday early evening. So um, the expectation is that it could perhaps come tonight since uh, the Sunday night Watch What Happens Live show with Andy Cohen is always devoted to the housewives because there is typically an episode or two that immediately precedes his show. So whether the housewives, some of the housewives themselves are guests or not, there's that is still the subject of the show. And quite frankly, he just can't 
have that show and not address it. It's it's too big. It's also on the same night that that show airs with this woman on the show. It is virtually impossible, whether they do it on his show or perhaps even some kind of statement that is made at the beginning during some kind of cut in of this show. It is just not possible for Bravo to not do something literally on the night that the show appears and then on the after show that's usually devoted to that to that so we know that it's coming is at least i believe that it is many people feel like it didn't move faster uh fast enough you know i'm i'm not going to debate that point because looking at it from the broader standpoint this is not just a uh, a prejudice issue. This is a or a racism issue. This is also for Bravo, a an employment issue that is also a public relations nightmare, where a lot of money has been invested in what is currently going on, as well as how to deal as well as what is supposed to be coming next like do you go on into the reunion do you have the segments in the reunion where even though mary cosby wasn't present where jenny uh is a major part of it because she's addressing the um the uh, prejudice that was directed at her There are so many moving pieces. There is also Jenny's attorneys who will say, look, a lot of her vitriol was directed at Black Lives Matter and um, things and the protests and stuff around it. But that is she a racist or is she just someone who does not agree with the way that the movement, so to speak, was handled. Now, again, this is me with my attorney hat on before you all start trying to, you know, take my channel down. These are questions that are going to come up because if she has attorneys with half a brain, These are things that they're going to argue. Now, that may not be about keeping her on the show. It may simply be about what her check looks like when they break their contract with her. Or whether or not this even rises to the level of grounds to break their contract. Those Vanderpump Rules girls talked about something that they deliberately did as it relates to a black cast member and they laughed about it and talked about it repeatedly whereas these women that whereas in this situation her attorneys could certainly argue that this is a situation where you have a person who is expressing political views that because they relate to something that is so sensitive and because of the nature of it 
i.e. racism in America, that if you are on the other side of the way the movement is handled, you are branded as a racist right out the gate. Not to mention, or to mention, adding the piece where there are individuals who feel like there were microaggressions that were pointed at Mary Cosby by her. So I think that there are some interesting questions that um, at least um, an interesting conversation for us to have here, respectfully. But I also think that there is more to it with Bravo not giving the quick reaction that people felt they should have. Um, And this is not, this is no comment on whether or not I think Andy Cohen is this or that and and all of that. We know that there, he, he gets a lot of criticism, most of it deserved. This is really about this idea that there, um, that, uh, they just immediately say, you're fired based on things on her page where they're looking at, looking at them. You have to look at them through two lenses. One, is this an individual who is just adamant, she's ultra conservative and adamantly opposed to this sociopolitical movement just on philosophical grounds. I don't like it. I'm not into the whole protesting thing. I'm not down with this organization called Black Lives Matter because I think that all lives matter. I'm a person of color. So now what are you saying? I don't matter. Is Asian hate not a big thing? You know, that whole thing. Or is this someone who, as you go through her posts and you look at it through the other lens, that because just by their very nature or certain posts being more inflammatory than others, is this clear evidence of her being a racist and which and and basically publicly declaring herself to be, and this is just not someone or something that we want to align ourselves with and have on the show, and we certainly don't have anybody who would be willing to film with her. Because let's call a spade a spade here. Having her on the show, even though everybody and their mom said that they won't watch, if you have this woman on the show and you uh, show in your extended preview going into season three that episodes one through five is going to be of her castmates ripping her a new a-hole and watching her become the pariah of Salt Lake City and beyond, and watching people throw eggs at her every time she says a mea culpa, folks would watch. I hate to say it, but that's good TV. It is disgusting TV, but isn't that what reality television has become? We've come a long ways from 1800 House in that first couple of seasons of Survivor. Reality TV as a whole, just when it's about real estate or housewives, is still worse than an episode of Fear Factor. Just because of the sheer nastiness. 
And it's not just the people on the show. The fans are rabid and borderline insane. And if you don't believe me, you put in a hashtag for any of these shows on the nights they appear, particularly the housewives and specifically and and, and disturbingly the housewives shows with the largely African-American cast. It is crazy. You want to see you want to see a combination of rabid fans because of people being team this one and that one with a strong dose of racism all tossed up in the mix put in a hashtag for any of these shows on um on sunday nights when they are on the air potomac atlanta twitter is downright scary on those nights and don't even bother going to reddit and again twitter people Reddit people, don't try to shut my channel down. I'm not saying that the Twitter platform is horrible or Mr. Reddit, Serena Husband, that your platform is horrible. I'm talking about the nutbags who are who uh, have accounts on Twitter and Reddit. Okay, so now I'm going to cross over into the Mary Cosby story. But as I cross over into the Mary Cosby story, I also want you to remember to go back to one of the things that I had said earlier about prejudice being prejudice, racism being racism, ignorance in a time when there is no excuse not to know or and or someone from a marginalized community telling you or making you aware of in any form or fashion that this is offensive to them or to their marginalized community as a whole, you don't get to debate that. It's a bright line thing. If black women say, don't call us aggressive, you don't get to debate that. Now, can we reasonably say that there are times when you got to call a thing a thing? Because if you're being aggressive, I'm going to call you aggressive. Sure, you can say that. But if you say it to a sister, you're probably still going to catch it because there are other things that are bigger issues that surround that. If black people say seeing a little black boy wearing a monkey shirt in an H&M ad when there were umpteen other shirts with umpteen other animals that could have been put on that little black boy. Now, within our own community, we can debate all day about whether or not we should still be holding on to um, this idea that anything associated with a monkey in us is inherently racist we can do that but outside of the community if we say that's if if i tell you as a non-black person that's offensive to me i've got a black son no you don't refer to us like that you don't get to debate it there's bright line rules so if so and i say this as it relates to mary and jenny because what i have seen occur this week has been very disturbing to me and I've called out several bloggers on it and if you're listening then I'm just going to call you out in mass uh in mass now 
The fact that we have found this out about Jenny Wynn does not change a thing as it relates to Mary Cosby. It does not change a thing as it relates to the feelings that she was ignorant and prejudiced as it related to the way that she referred to uh to Jenny and the way that she referred to the whole thing with the Mexican cartel and also her adopting the the Asian accent type thing when she was talking to Meredith and and of course doubling down on the I thing when Jenny told her none of those things change and many of you also drew a bright line rule at the time but now I'm seeing well we know at least when Mary did it it was she didn't mean to actually offend her she wasn't going out of her way to be prejudiced she's just uh you know she's just ignorant What's the difference? What's the difference? Even if, as we know, Mary, you know, maybe not the brightest bulb in the box. We know she was raised in that whole little weird church bubble. To my understanding, not, uh, there wasn't a lot of formal education that went on there beyond high school. In fact, one of her, uh, uncles even said that she didn't graduate from high school. And again, we, those of us who, who know that very weird kind of insular church world where ignorance is actually celebrated, that there is, um, that there may be an element of truth to that, but as someone who holds themselves out to be worldly and you're almost 50, you are in 2022, you are raising a son who is in late teens, you have access to more than what most people have access to, you don't get to sit on ignorance. You just don't. And for those who felt that it was you don't get to pull back from that just because of what's going on with Jenny Wynn two things can be true at the same time I'm sorry you all because of so many recordings in the past couple of days especially the Cardi B thing I've been struggling with my throat a bit so we're towards the end so just bear with me you don't get to then pull up and say well She's, you know, look at what Jenny did. So that's why, you know, she really was against Mary and whatever. And Mary's stuff wasn't even that bad. No, it's all bad. It's all bad. When it comes to certain stuff, it's just bright lines. Bright lines. There's no shades of gray when it comes to prejudice. Ask the person who's being discriminated against how they feel about it. Take Jenny Wynn out of it and just make the, the slanty eye comment to someone who is Asian, <coughs> excuse me, of Asian descent or and, and doesn't have any, you know, race, racist or prejudiced or really anti-BLM or whatever you want to call it, stuff on their website. So this is falling into the two things can be true. They've got ignorant cast members. In fact, I'm going to toss some more on the pile because Lisa, if you were friends with this, uh, Lisa Barlow, if you were friends with this person for 10 years, you mean to tell me that y'all weren't on Facebook together? Because again, as I said earlier, this is Utah. So she ain't the only 
January 6th supporter on that cast. Okay? So let's not be stupid about what we're dealing with. We may have ignored it, but we kn- but we're not stupid. We know it's there. Let's not pretend that we don't know where Ramona stands on stuff on uh on the Real Housewives of New York. Let's not pretend that we don't know where the cast of the Real Housewives of New Jersey stands. You think there weren't several people on that stand who uh, on that cast who weren't staunch supporters of Chris Christie? And we know he's said all kinds of crazy stuff. You think that there weren't any of them who uh, weren't down with Rudy Giuliani? Think? Seriously? Now, I'm not going to go so far as to say that uh, they were wearing red hats and marching around chanting, make America great again. But again, let's not pretend we don't know who we're dealing with. Because you introduced this woman, you said that you all were very good friends. You've known her from the way back, way back. And now you're distancing yourself too? Or are you? Or is it why your statement was more along the lines of, it'll be addressed? Now again, I'm not going to stay on her too long. I think, again, it is to draw attention to the fact that there's, there's a lot of mess. A lot of mess to go around now speaking of mess mary cosby this is totally separate so let's do a transition i'm gonna go to uh, i'm gonna use wayne's world for this so okay you all had to be there and again i'm showing my age okay so we're transitioning so the other big craziness that came out this week was um internet show another uh youtube sensation in fact he hit a hundred thousand this week um adam uh, of the up and adam show had an interview a coveted interview that many people have been trying to get with mary cosby's parents so this is um mary cosby's mother and i've told you all about her um for a while now especially as it relates to the ongoing drama over the estate so uh rosalind cesares and her husband who she's been married to since uh i think they said like 1986 or 1987 so for all intents and purposes it's mary's dad it's it's certainly for a good portion of her life mary's age is estimated at i think they said she's like 46 47 which would have had her she so she was born in like the early to mid 70s so yeah so this guy's uh been a part of her life for most of her life and certainly all of her adult life and this is the mother um that she has her mother she hasn't spoken to her for 20 years pretty much since she married robert uh robert cosby senior because they married a year after um the grandmother died because Mary was married at the time. The interview was very weird. I don't, I feel like we have learned far more from uh, her cousin, Dan Cosby, who seems to be the most normal of the, uh, of the family, Coach Dan. 
who has appeared a number of times on uh, the Sherelle's World show talking about, again, that's another internet show, YouTube, talking about a lot of the stuff with the church and a lot of people that go to the church, filling in some of the the blanks on the relationship with Cameron, which Missy and I talked about last week. And uh, I believe we talked about it. Yeah, we did. And just a lot of the mess. The mother, first of all, Mary looks exactly like her mother, sounds like her mother, mannerisms. It was basically like watching, looking at Mary 10, 15 years from now. Um, she added, she didn't really, in my, and I guess it depends on whose shows you've been listening to, but with the information that I've had and given to my listeners and readers on FNDD, she didn't, we didn't really get very much new. If anything, they sort of just added color to it. And I guess it may have been new to some people about the fact that Mama was gone for about six months and Mary's mother was pretty much already running the church, which I do believe because the whole issue with Mama Redmond's death is that she was in uh, Florida and that Robert was basically the only one with her and um, which is part of the reason why they blamed him for her demise. And um, so they talked about that very strange kind of empty house with a huge picture of the the grandma, Mama Redmond, on the mantle once again, leading to this notion that I've always had that it's not so much that they believe Mary is God, except maybe the grandmother coming through her. It is the grandmother <laughs> that everybody believes is God. And of course, we say the grandmother because of Mary, but it's actually Mary's mom. And and of course, uh, confirming what we already knew, that grandma didn't have a will, let alone willing Mary to Robert. Mary was already married, and there also certainly wasn't a whole thing where um, her mother wanted to marry him because by the time her mother died, uh, Mary's mother had been married to her current husband, who she's still married to, which is why she has the last name Cesares, for like 10, 12 years at that point, maybe even longer since they got married in the 80s and Mama Cosby died. Uh, I'm sorry, Mama Redmond died in the uh, like 97. So anyway, very strange. He did most of the talking. Mary's mom really, kind of like Mary, really couldn't seem to get it together most of the time. I mean, he was he even was willing to meet Robert at the gym to fight. And they, um, it's very interesting because even though they have had no contact with Mary and don't speak to her or rather she's not speaking to them I suspect that that part probably has more to do with the money and the litigation because they have this estate believe it or not is still not resolved now it's pretty much depleted but still not resolved because the litigation that was began in 97 98 when the mother died is still going on so, um, or at least the probate issues. Now, Mary's mother is technically the um, executor of the estate, and, and she was years ago, even when the case went all the way to the Supreme Court of Utah. Well, 
it, that wasn't about the estate. It was more so about the mortgage company connected to the church and some siphoning of funds and all of that. But so I think at this point, it's really the estate is probably more so about the church itself and what may still exist that's connected to it because a lot of the businesses and the holdings and all of that because even with the estate fight Robert had control of them then he's been able to use and dispose and what have you of those items at his leisure because I suspect part of the issue with this probate fight is what exactly goes into the estate versus not because Robert and mama whether they like it or not were married for over 20 years by the time she died now because again as we talked about before she married him when he was like 22 23 just like when and she was 44 46 which is the same thing that he ultimately did with Mary but it doesn't matter how long uh, I mean how old he was when they were married and what have you the point is they had been married for 20 years and whatever game she was running whatever uh businesses she was buying whatever holdings they had he was a part of that too whether his name was specifically on them or if just him riding shotgun as her husband it's for at least the 20 years leading up to her death, which I would sus suspect were probably some of the most lucrative. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. But, oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, despite all of that, in the fact that they, it, which I start out saying, in the fact that they're not speaking, which I suspect is more about um, Mary not speaking to them because of the money piece, and because they're constantly in litigation with her husband. Mary's mother and father are still view this as very much um, Robert taking advantage of Mary. They do not truly view Mary um, from the... I, I guess they don't truly view her through the lens that one would view a 46, 47-year-old adult who by now is fully, um, is fully capable of deciding wh uh, whether or not they want to stay in this situation or whether or not they feel that they have been taken advantage of, especially in light of having a sea of family members who is, who would be on her side if or when she left, um, they don't see it that way. They see her as very much the victim, very much, um, you know, Robert basically got in her head and brainwashed her and he still controls her with money and all of that. Um, so again, very strange. Now, one of the things I will say I do agree with her mother on is, and, and well, her parents is that, um, and I think Missy and I have talked about this on our recaps is that we do believe that there is the possibility that when Mary took this show, that she did it as a way of getting out. She was, uh, if she stayed on the show, as she built up her salary, et cetera, 
um, that it would be her exit plan. Unfortunately, you got to stick around for a while before you can build up to that housewife's exit plan money. And they aren't, you know, just giving away the bank the way they used to because the ratings on all of the housewives shows are down. So the network, uh, the, I'm sorry, the shows um, are still profitable. They are still very much, you know, kind of the key to Bravo's success. But um, even your most, even if, if it's, if something is your most successful commodity, if it's not as um, lucrative as it used to be, you still have to act and maneuver accordingly. And I think that that is sort of the dichotomy that that um, Bravo is dealing with, with getting rid of OGs and paying people less money or not giving them the mega raises they want. Um, Again, we've talked about this before with them getting rid of Tamara and Vicky um, on the OC, which clearly they regret. (laughs) And, um, of course, with uh, the situation with NeNe Leakes, which was one of the more spectacular examples of things not going well with one of the housewives and um, them coming back and negotiating deals, etc. So... I've already gone on for a little over an hour because I, uh, you know, between the Cardi B thing and Jenny Wynn spent a little more time. So there's still some more gossip, but I will bring that. Um, that's something that could easily be tacked on to um, one of me and Missy's episodes when we catch up on Salt Lake City. And more importantly, not at this point, it's not even about the show. It's really us kind of doing a, a bit of a rap session on whatever this Bravo reaction is that we're going to get tonight. Because there's no question that we're going to get it tonight. It's just a matter of how they do it, um, whether it's just Andy, Andy and the women or what have you. But they just can't show that they can't do the show tonight and Andy do Bravo it and Andy do watch what happens without addressing it unless you know, they do a rerun or something of watch what happens, but he can't be sitting in that chair in, in the clubhouse live and uh, leave that hanging in the air five minutes or two minutes after the show that is the subject of their latest bombshell controversy uh, goes off. So we shall see and we shall talk about it because... It ain't even about the show anymore at this point. Uh, It's really more so about all the other crap. But, uh, yeah, so I'll catch you up. We'll talk about Noella and her husband, Sweet James. And we will also talk about the trailer to Candy and the Gang. I saw it, as I'm sure many of you have. And I'm looking forward to it. I, You know, I I don't know how others feel about this, but I was actually um, a, a watcher of Vanderpump Rules in that first couple of seasons. Um, of course, it's gone off the rails, as, as these shows do. But I enjoyed it. I watched it. And I feel like this is, uh, this has the potential to give us that old thing back that we enjoyed in those earlier seasons of Vanderpump Rules, just with a little bit more seasoning and flavor in the cooking. 
So um, I, so we'll talk about that. But I, I, I'm feeling it so far. And um, there's a few people that have reached out to me that may know somebody that knows somebody who's on that cast, of course. And, and I'm sure that since they've released a trailer, folks will probably start doing some press soon. So I will definitely um, keep my eye out uh, for that. So otherwise... As always, thank you for hanging with your girl. Thank you for listening to me talk. I know you miss Missy, and I miss her too. She actually was in the room. I see it here in the chat. And so uh, we will definitely get back to you. What's been going on is de- you're definitely going to get some hot talk uh, with with us as it relates to this. And, of course, I will be posting more on uh, Cardi B, Tasha K, and the other shows I promised you that just kind of took a back seat when we got deep into this uh, Cardi B, Tasha K mess. And uh, other than that, you all have a great night. Make sure you go on uh, Apple iTunes and leave us five stars and a review. I am on every podcast network so you can make sure you subscribe to them all so that you can listen to new shows old shows i'd love it to even get your feedback on some of the older shows because we've done a lot in barely over a year this is like episode 107 108 so there's been a whole lot going on and i am just so excited that you all are sharing this ride and in big numbers just in the past month so that is very very exciting so we're going to just see how far we can take this crazy runaway card down the road to running my mouth in the meantime if you're thinking about it clicking about it and you want to talk about it chances are jiggy throat and all i do too so let's be honest together Thank <laughs> you.